The following is brought to you in association with and from a proud partner of the Shining Wizards Network. Entertainment here. You're listening to Pure Rock Radio. Feed your addiction. Hello, here's Svendana from Wizard, and you are listening to Radioactive Metal. Welcome to Radioactive Metal. This is Radioactive Metal, your source for news, views, tunes, and interviews. Here are your hosts, Snowy, Rock, Kareen, and Aaron. What's up, everyone? Welcome to a magical episode of Radioactive Metal. This is episode 642, and I'm Snowy White. And this is Aaron, and dear listeners, this episode is brought to you by the letter T for True Cult Coffee. That was my Sesame Street throwback, (laughs) and that'll make more sense when we get into our discussion. True Cult Coffee, T-R-V-E-K-V-L-T, coffee.com. Listen, if this is your first time listening to us, just pull up your phone, multitask, go to True Cult Coffee's website, subscribe today. If you are a longtime listener and you haven't subscribed yet, what the heck, dude? For real. Because yeah, it's the, the blackest, there, yeah. the heaviest, the darkest, the hottest, the most metal coffee out there. He has a new roast out. Damn it. And I wish I could remember what it was. I literally just saw it and now I can't <laughs> remember it. I really suck at these sometimes. But that's why we have websites. So I don't have to remember this stuff. True Call Coffee, T-R-V-E-K-V-L-T coffee.com. Go out, subscribe. Try the new roast. Try everything they have. Even if you're not a coffee drinker, the person in your life who is a coffee drinker is going to appreciate it as long as they have taste. If they like crappy coffee, they're probably not going to like True Call Coffee because it's really good, like Mm -hmm. really good coffee. And I'm not a coffee guy, but I enjoy it when I drink it. So subscribe because when you subscribe, you don't just get coffee. You don't just not run out of coffee. You get not one but two great bands every month, and some months, three bands. Yeah, that's Mm -hmm. right. The unholy trinity of music comes your way. (laughs) That's what they do at the True Cavalt Coffee. Grapefruit, grapefruit, squeeze them, squeeze them. 
<laughs> oh, right. oh, I'm right. a little tired already, and I've also been already drinking. Aha, okay, well, I just walked in from uh, from the real world, and I am just warming up now. i got some Lemmys going here in the Motorhead <laughs> mug myself, um, because, like, I understand uh, the, the east coast of the U.S., Okay, this week got hit with a heavy storm, eh. a heavy snowstorm, and <laughs> I know, I know some of our friends at the Shining Wizards Network they're they're kind of digging themselves out now, but it's nothing, it's it's nothing new for me here in the Weenie Peg area, but um, oh, what I'm kind of bitching and moaning about is how cold it is today. Minus 40 now. That's minus that's 40 cold, Celsius. Yeah, that's minus 40 Celsius. And when it gets that far past zero, that's when like our Celsius and Fahrenheit kind of start to balance out. That's because it's too cold to do math anymore. <laughs> that's right. That's Nobody right. gives a shit. It's the same number. That's right. That's right. It's too damn cold. Yeah, yeah, so, uh, yeah, but, you know, um, nothing warms me up quicker than doing a kick-ass show like this week's, which we've got a killer new indie spotlight, and, indie spotlight, oh yeah, killer new indie spotlight, but we got a wicked creature feature, we got lots to talk about, including our, as you mentioned, um, the discussion Okay, it was a something that's it's it, this it's this like buckle in, folks. This one might be one of our longer episodes, uh, because it's definitely a topic that I wanted to deal with at some point as last year was starting to fade away because it was kind of like the 40th anniversary of that particular year, and it was definitely a momentous excuse me, year in terms of heavy music and all that. So I thought, well, you know what? We should take time out and uh, focus on that. But just with everything that came up, you know, schedules got rearranged and different things all kind of came up, came up. So we're going to, we're going to try to do it. So it's justice this way. Basically folks, we're going to party like it's new year's Eve, 1979. (laughs) Right on, right on, right on. I could go for that. Before we do kick everything off, though, I figured it's time to drop a track in our mandatory... Mandatory metal. metal. Mandatory metal. I guess we need a new kick-ass bumper for me to to drop in there. (laughs) Maybe some rubber baby buggy bumpers. Damn it. Rubber baby buggy bumpers. (laughs) There we are. One of these nights, I just need to sit here with a couple bottles of Coke, well, maybe a two liter, and a bottle of whiskey, and we just see what happens. Mm. (laughs) I feel like Mm -hmm. we just, that's the night we don't have interviews. We just pick a topic and we just see what the hell happens. (laughs) That's right. That's right. Sounds like a plan to me. But for tonight, courtesy of. A true Cavalt coffee, um, because 
like you said in the opening read, True Cavalt Coffee, when you sign on with them, you get some kick-ass music as well. Generally, it's a couple bands with your subscription. This time around, though, it's a triple threat of awesome metal. Um, this time around, um, we, I believe we already, I already spoke about... Um, LA Metalers Hellraiser. Okay, their 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 debut record Life Life After Death. The new Mother of Graves. Okay, a uh, from a kick-ass new record label Wise Blood. That that's some really cool stuff. That'll be available with your ch- subscription and an LA black metal band hadn't heard of them yet just called Nav N A V all some really good stuff. So, in honor of True Cobalt Coffee, in our mandatory metal segment, this is Hellraiser with an I-Z-E-double-R from the aforementioned Life After Death. This is Violent Creation.
We've been very busy this week. Here's our metal fix. Hey, dude, what's uh, going on uh, down so there? I feel like the most metal thing I have done this week is watch um, a documentary on Andre the Giant. <laughs> wrong show dude wrong uh, show. you know but but is it really i mean we, we we have we have danced the line between radioactive metal and radioactive wrestling for so long on this show and i feel yeah. like you finally yeah. just pulled me over to your to your dark side of wrestling <laughs> but um i'm scrolling through hbo max and just checking out stuff and i i can't even remember what i was watching but it suggested Andre the Giant. I'm like, well, of course I'm going to watch Andre the Giant. Because, like, I love Andre the Giant. One of my favorite acting roles he did was in The Princess Bride. Princess Bride, for sure. You know, he's fantastic in that. But, I mean, like, as a kid, he was just so larger than life. Mm -hmm. You know? And one of the things I really enjoy in the documentary is they talk about the fact that he was, like, a living myth. Like, a a living magical creature. Because... You know, and they talk about all the all the things, you know, the real people that become myths over the year, like Vlad the Impalers and that, that sort of stuff. He's like, but, you know, the time that he existed was probably like the last time that something like that was going to happen, you know. And and I think this honestly, honestly kind of ties into our, you know, talk tonight or discussion topic about the 80s. Because, I mean, you know, he was coming up in the 70s and 80s and... um they just, you know, I mean, he he was a big dude, right? Seven four, five hundred pounds. Yeah. And uh-huh. um, Hogan's on there. He's talking. He's like, dude. He's like, he's like, he was never comfortable. Like there was no way to travel comfortable at that time and be his size. No, he's he like, couldn't. He couldn't. Um, yeah. He's like those flights to Japan. He's like, he couldn't fit in the bathroom. Like he's like they draw a curtain. He'd pee in a bucket. They'd pour it out. Hmm. I'm like, wow. wow. Like, never thought about that. Just because, you know, he was just this mammoth of a man, you know? Mm-hmm. He, he was just, he was so cool. And they confirmed, like, everything that you always hoped that he was just, like, this super nice guy. Just, yeah. Yeah. What a cool Yeah, guy. he is definitely, those Those are some pretty big shoes to fill when, uh, when he passed away. He yeah. was definitely a... Uh, a very big part of my childhood, even before, you know, going to the WWF, you know, like he did, he did the territories and uh-huh. I first discovered him in the, in the AWA. Well, he I learned big. a lot more about the territories in that. Like I, I did not understand the impact Vince McMahon really did have on, on wrestling. Mm. Um, and <laughs> in, in, in the WWF and kind of bring everything together until that, you know? Mm-hmm. And and I mean, I'm saying impact. I'm not saying whether it's good or bad impact. I'm just saying the impact because you can't deny that there was definitely a change. Oh, there was a very big change, yeah. But uh, it, was a, it, it was good for Vince McMahon and the WWF. It, for the rest of the wrestling world, the WWF expansion in the mid '80s was 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 bad all around for pro wrestling in general. And well, you know, it's funny though. It's it was almost like like the tech bubble, you know, where everybody goes crazy and then it bursts. It has to normalize, kind of thing. And, and because I mean, it, it, dude, like everything pro wrestling was larger than life. 
they were talking about the WrestleMania three, um, mm-hmm. that Andre and you know Hulk did, and I mm-hmm. remember that. I remember just I mean every WrestleMania like you just you wanted Hulk Hogan to win. It just just oh, dude like like it <laughs> it really took me back for a lot of that stuff. But it was really cool to hear Hulk Hogan talk about it. Mm-hmm. You know, because I mean I can't believe he's as old as he is. You know, yeah, and uh-huh. still in great shape. It's uh, it just goes to show, okay, just how I don't want to say how old we are, but tonight's topic, nineteen eighty, yeah, was forty years ago now. Yeah, oh, oh, probably what I first discovered, Andre the Giant. You know, <laughs> it's 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 definitely eye opening. It's definitely yeah. eye opening. You know, and the fact that we're both, you know, g- g- going to be 50 soon, yeah. that doesn't stop it. That's not yeah. stopping this show. That's not stopping us. We're still rocking and rolling, strutting and strolling, styling and profiling. Hey, okay, you know, you you can't beat us for that, I think. I mean, you could, <laughs> but only if we consent and we have a, have a safe word. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> so what else you got going on i really do that's it like like this is another one of those weeks where it got to friday and i'm like oh crap we're recording tonight i haven't written down anything this week i'm like what did i do and honestly the only thing i did was just sit around in pain like la- i think it was like last <laughs> thursday i tweaked my back you know so when we recorded last week i was in pain and I am better now, but like, dude, like all weekend, I was just in pain. Like I, I have not done anything fun in like a week or more. Well, it's a bummer. It's, yeah. Well, that's when you hurt yourself and all that. Like that's kind of what happens, but Hey, I think, I think you're going to numb, numb the pain tonight. We got a lot of really cool kick-ass stuff to talk about but then at the end of the day you just wanted to talk a little bit of wrestling with 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 snowy i gotta say i have enjoyed the wrestling talk (laughs) well what we have to do is get you on on uh wrestling night in canada here on the shining wizards network as well just just to get your perspective for geriatric night there we are (laughs) there we are (laughs) For myself, first and foremost, um, I checked out the new Nervosa record. I totally thought you were going to say Nirvana for a hot second. I'm like, what is the new Nirvana record? (laughs) And you're listening to it? I was seriously concerned there for a minute. No, not at all. No, I am kind of tapped. I'm kind of tapped on 90s, any sort of 90s music at this point. No, the new Nervosa record, really cool. uh, I have to say it, all-female thrash band, although that really shouldn't uh, come into play, and it really doesn't, because I've seen this band live. I've you know got their previous records. And this one is absolutely killer. Anyone that might be a little concerned because Fernanda Lira left the band, Radioactive Metal alum, we had her on before. As soon as she pops up you know, in another project, I'm sure we'll speak... To her again, she left the band, and you know, whenever members leave and all that, like, there's always that. Oh, well, what's going to happen now? Well, 
I think the band put all of that to rest. Their new vocalist, Diva Satanica. Okay. Killer. Can we just Killer. celebrate that name for a second? That is like possibly the greatest vocalist name ever. <laughs> yeah. Diva Satanica. Diva Satanica. Yeah. She's also a wicked vocalist as well. Um, they recruited bassist Mia Wallace. Okay, if she sounds familiar to the Wallace more extreme, <laughs> if she sounds more, if she sounds familiar, she's the ex. She applied her trade, played the bass with um, Aboths from Immortal, his solo projects. Rock on! And she is the ex bassist of what is basically Hellhammer. I guess for copyright reasons, blah, blah, blah. The usual typical bullshit that does nothing but piss me off. Oh, you mean Hellhammer AD? <laughs> yeah. That yeah. bullshit? Yeah, apparently Tom Tom Warrior had reunited in a roundabout. And it feels so good. <laughs> stop that. <laughs> I can't. Can't stop, won't stop. They, they, they kind of reunited Hellhammer, and uh, for some reason they went under the name Triumph of Death and all that. So when they, I remember when they announced the vote, like when they announced the changes, I'm like, okay, you know what? Um, I'm not going to be one of those guys that goes, eh, this might actually uh, be some really cool stuff. And it was... And I hit the record shop. No way. Yeah. They finally yeah, opened yeah. the real essential stores in Canada. Yes. <laughs> the record shops are now back in, um, back, are now back open. And of course, masks, mandatory. Any, anywhere in public, masks are mandatory and it's um, lim- limited capacity. They only want 25% in there and they ask you to do the hand sanitizing and all that good stuff so it's like the least i can do to get my ass back into a record store okay one of the the reasons the main reason why it was so important is because i had received an email for all the incoming releases from uh into the music the shop that i enjoy most around here and they told me that they had a new copy. Now, it wasn't the original press or anything, but they had a new copy of Kiss's Rock and Roll Over. No shit. Yeah, yeah. And like I said on this show before, that's basically the first album I ever owned. My uh, older brother basically brought it home when it was pretty much new. I was... 76 i was five six say, or yeah. so You're like yeah five. like i was like really really young and but that record ended up spending more time on my turntable than his so it basically spent most of the time in my in my collection and so when they had a, a new copy of it i'm like oh okay you know what i want i want this again back i want this record back into my life and all that so I made my way down there. I grabbed a copy of that. I discovered as well on pretty new pink vinyl. Okay, they have the latest record from Necrot, Mortal. And it's like, oh, okay, well, it looks like I'm grabbing this. And then on my way out, I noticed um, uh, 
Uh, are you familiar with the uh, Canadian rock band Chilliwack from the 70s, early 80s? Does that name ring a bell to you at all? No, but it sounds like fun. It, it is, it is, it is. Well, they were, like I said, they were this, they're, they're a classic rock band now. They've just, it's, it's all over Canadian radio, all their stuff. Their biggest record up to that point, I think 1982, Opus X, Opus 10, four bucks, you know, secondhand, still in good condition. It's like four bucks. Hmm. Well, so far, and it's we're, I'm, we're still in the morning. I've spent more on coffee to that point in that morning. <laughs> yeah. You know, <laughs> so if I don't if I don't shell out another measly four dollars for this damn record, I'm going to be kicking myself. So, yeah. yeah. Oh, vinyl therapy, my man. You got to love that. Vinyl therapy is important. Mm-hmm. And. Finally, we don't really talk a lot about other podcasts, you know, because we do our own. We we have, you know, our our friends with 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 the network and all that. So, you know, only got so much time. We can't really, you know, talk too much about everyone else. But this time around, I want to say hello and horns up to a couple of them. Say hi to Kerry Gordon. He um Back when uh, Radioactive Metal was part of the Cast Iron Ring Network, it was us, Iron City Rocks, a whole bunch of other shows as well. Carrie's Metal Geeks program and his MSR cast were part of that network with us. And I've just kept in contact with Carrie all through this time. Well, the latest episode of Metal Geeks, and at first they were live streaming it, like over you over YouTube, but they too spoke with Mr. Matt Harvey. Nice. Yeah, yeah. And as as for what Metal Geeks is, it's a really cool. It's it's three three metalheads, but they're geeks. Comic books, movies, Disney, just everything you name it. What everything that makes you a geek, but they're diehard metalheads as well. Um, last episode. In my metal fix, I had um, mentioned the nocturnal necromantical screams book zine that I was so stoked for getting it. That, oh, that yeah. yeah, yeah, that was created by Vanessa Hex. She of many awesome bands. We've had her on the show. We'll have her on again. There's another wicked um, independent video show called The Growl. Okay, the growl is um, well. It's it's he, the host Cam Schwartz, good friend of the show. I met him first. Met him when we went to uh, Quebec for the for the Quebec Death Fest. We met him, hung out there with him. He's trying to put together this documentary about death metal called The Growl. Well, while he's doing that, he's keeping busy with an interview video podcast of the same name. And he's spoken to so many awesome bands, just a lot of bands that we've had on a lot of cool, awesome bands that I want to have on. And his show is always a really good time. Well, he had Mrs. Hex on this, like on, like I'm, I'm going into back episodes now and i discovered one with 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 vanessa 
really good stuff. You're going to want to check that out. And finally, speaking of our good buddy at Iron City Rocks, our good buddy John Caddick, I listened to the latest of his Wicked show because he was speaking to one Mike Reno of the of the Canadian AOR band Loverboy. Oh, yeah. Speaking of 1980, look at how the, the music world kind of works here because um, Loverboy's debut album. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Yeah. <laughs> Their debut record, you know, self-titled came out in 1980 and they're re-releasing the for the 40th anniversary that record with nice red vinyl. Yeah, and already as soon as I got home, because I was listening every minute of it. <laughs> I was listening. I was listening to John's wicked chat with Mister Reno, and as soon as I got home, I looked this up. Oh yeah, there it is. Okay, cool. I am ordering that. So horns up. Hello to John, to Cam, to Carrie, to Brutal Dave. All you guys keep up the fantastic work. You're keeping snowy entertained we are going to keep everyone entertained right here with a track from the uh necrot record immortal this is a sinister will
Well, tonight's creature feature kind of have a little bit of a confession to make. And it's one of those things that kind of kicks your cool Uncle Snowy right in the ego. Okay, because this, because Germany's a wizard tonight's creature feature of actually going back 1995 actually 1991 was their first initial release that all-important first demo and they've actually been quite consistent over the years producing some awesome metal some like like a dozen albums or so and it's wicked stuff that we should have had our you know, our horns on the pulse with this band right from the beginning. Fortunately, well, you can't always do that when we've heard when the when their latest record, Metal in My Head, came across my desk. I gave it a spin. Okay, okay, this is cool. Yeah. Oh, oh, oh. Oh, yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Where have you been all my life? Well, apparently Wizard have always been around. <laughs> they, nobody just never told us about it. So we're going to make up for that right now when I got a vocalist, Sven Dana, on the horn to give us all of uh, all the 411 on everything with his awesome band, the new record, Working with Massacre Records, just everything, all the stuff that we should have already known to get us there. We're going to drop a track from Wizard. Oh, pay attention to this song, dude. You're going to love it. The title track to the new record, Metal in My Head. Tasty beer and closing time. 
first and foremost, probably where I've been going, you know, the past, you know, almost the past year now with one of my first questions is with everything going on in the world, I always like to know how you are doing right now, health wise, both physically and mentally. Uh, yeah, uh, physically, everything is okay. <laughs> mm-hmm. And yeah, uh, it's uh I think, uh, yeah, it's very hard, you know, to sit at home, no concerts, uh, no re- real life. So, yeah, it's, uh, yeah, at the moment, really hard because, yeah, we have another lockdown since uh, November. And uh, I think it will go into the February. So, yeah, I still have to drink a lot of Jack Daniels. <laughs> That's uh, me too. Yeah, know? me too. <laughs> To yeah, to to feel good, you know, to feel good in this fucking time, you mm-hmm. you, you have to drink a lot of Jackie and uh, listen to a lot of heavy metal. So I think yeah, that's the best thing you can do. Very good. Yes, that's exactly what um, I've been doing. February nineteenth, your latest record, Metal in My Head, drops. I guess you're pretty excited about that. Yes, for sure. So uh, we released uh, the first single, I don't know, one week ago, and uh, the reactions uh, were very very great and are very great. And yeah, I'm very exciting Uh, for the future, what's going on, and yeah, let's see. (laughs) Right on, right on, right on. And that first single, the self-titled track very you know it's a it's a very metal anthem you know and yeah uh like i guess that's kind of a staple with wizard is that kind of the idea for the first single uh a staple yeah like um you have Uh, as as part of your sound you have a number of songs that are yeah very anthemic very metal yeah, that's right. Yeah, because uh, Wizard is metal. <laughs> you know, as, as you know, we make uh, true metal since 30 years now. And uh, yeah, normally the album should first be called 30 Years of Metal, but we decided against it. That sounded too much like a best of album. And yeah, while we are looking for an alternative title, the song Metal in My Head was created. And we immediately felt that this title was the right one for, yeah, for also for the album, you know, mm-hmm. because it des- describes our feeling and our music perfectly. Right, right. With the song 30 Years of Metal, that almost feel- feels like it's a biography about the band. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, 30 years of metal yeah the song should reflect our entire story and uh, since i had a lot of time during the pandemic i often uh, uh, sat with a glass of jackie good music in my metal basement and thought about our past Uh, i looked at old photos uh, read reviews and yes uh, i often sat in the basement with a big smile the song should reflect these feelings you know Mm -hmm. 
Right on, right on. And in throughout those 30 years, you've, you've done 12 albums now and yeah. six with Massacre Records. Yes. I imagine you, that's just you have a great relationship with them. Yes. I think, yeah. Um, uh, yeah. The collaboration with Massacre is very good. And uh, uh, it's like... I think right now we are like a small family, you know. <laughs> it's very good. Right on, right on. Excellent, excellent. Um, does it feel like it's been thirty years by now? Like, mm. Mm, not really. <laughs> sometimes, <laughs> sometimes, sometimes your body says, "Yeah, <laughs> it feels like that." But yeah, when we go on on uh, on the road and make concerts, no, it's yeah, it's every time uh, fresh and great. Yeah, we love it. It's yeah, it's it's more than a hobby or than uh, you know, it's our life and it's fucking great and every time fresh. Right, right. After all these years, can you make a living off of just being in Wizard? uh no not really <laughs> i think my yeah uh, my my life will not go on without wizards you know <laughs> so yeah. what shall i do <laughs> not fair enough no i i totally get that <laughs> I, have, I, totally, I have no idea <laughs> totally get that i couldn't i couldn't imagine doing like not doing this show every week and all that yeah. i just it just it just wouldn't wouldn't register. Some of your band members, Mr. Snoopy Dan and Michael Moss, I hope I'm pronouncing yeah. those names correctly. They've been yeah. with you since 1989. Yeah, that's right. At this point, like how do you how do you have you gone that long without strangling each other? You know? <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, it's uh, uh, like a brotherhood, a family, you know. Uh, or when you're married, so you laugh. These guys sometimes you will kill them, but some, you know, it's yeah, it's like like with a wife, the mm -hmm. same shit. <laughs> <laughs> I get that. I get that. I got together. I got together with my wife in '89 as well. So so. I know, you know all about it. <laughs> <laughs> she hasn't. She hasn't killed me yet. Yeah. <laughs> not yet. Not yet. Not yet. Yeah. It's a. It's a. It's a good feeling to to work together with uh, persons. Uh, yeah, you can uh, uh, trust. You know, and you know what uh, what uh, what Snoppy or Marcy think, and yeah, it's great. Right on. Right on. I guess it works good chemistry and you can write music well together and all that yeah, just yeah. just all around that's that's fantastic you dropped a promotional video an official promotional video for the title track i guess that's the first single and it was like i've seen many videos over the um over the all throughout the pandemic of just in the studio, bands in the studio or in their own homes doing it over the Skype and all that. I've seen lots of those, but 
was it just like you know what let's make it an official video for this song because it kind of reflects the times was that the idea no 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 i don't uh, i don't know uh, about the idea of the video we we was in the studio and we said come on uh, we want to bring out two video clips so let's make uh, one video clip in the studio to show the people uh, yeah the great feeling in the studio and the second one we will will uh, um, how does it mean in English what the fuck <laughs> <laughs> uh, so the, the second one is not uh, is a totally different video clip you know so yeah so we only want to show the people what's going on in the studio and the feeling from the studio and that's it yeah well I definitely think that it worked for sure for <laughs> sure with the name wizard okay that's a very metal sounding name but some other some other it it also crosses over into the realms of uh fantasy and science fiction and all that do you kind of think of yourself as like a cool geek these these days with everything going on with the lord of the rings and the marvel superhero movies do you kind of feel that that's where you fall in oh yeah i think so so um yeah the name was created a long time ago as you know mm -hmm. and our drama took the name from a, a video game a computer game and okay. yes and uh, i know that some pampers companies <laughs> have the same name <laughs> <laughs> okay <laughs> and uh, yeah i think wizard stands are for us uh wizard stands for fantasy and all that stuff you know yeah for sure right on right do you in in that realm do you have any any personal favorite wizards favorite favorite wizards yeah like uh, in the in the world of, of fantasy, sword and sorcery, like, do you have any favorite wizards? Uh, I don't know. I am my favorite wizard. <laughs> <laughs> I, I couldn't have, I couldn't have asked. I couldn't have got a better answer. <laughs> That's fantastic. Okay, I was just thinking. <laughs> right on, right on. You really pulled that out. Excellent. Excellent. If um, this, with everything that's going on in the world right now, and even yeah. as we speak, okay, they're about to um, inaugurate the new president in the U.S. as yeah. as as we're doing this. Does that, does stuff like that, you know, in the last four years in the U.S., does that influence you in any way, like just in terms of thinking or? The, the creative process uh no not really you know we are we are don't uh bring uh, the political stuff in our music so no we yeah our music stands for fantasy stands for heavy metal and i think political stuff is not uh, the right way for us you know right 
other I think other bands can do it better. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Stick with what you bring to the table. That's yeah. that's fine. Now if everything wasn't going on with this whole pandemic and all that, um where what would Wizard be doing like in the next couple months with this record? Um uh, I think without the pandemic, uh, there were no wizard album, you know. Oh, okay. <laughs> so, most of the songs were created during the lockdown, and um, I think uh, for us it was actually good, you know. We finally had enough time to concentrate on the songwriting and the recording, no concerts, home office. Yeah, that played positive uh, rule for the new album. So yeah. Yeah. Well, it's good that you found something positive out of this. I think it's important when you know the whole world is going through stuff like this. Yeah. To, yeah, to yeah. find something. So that's fantastic, and I'm loving the new record. I was just spinning it before uh, before we sat down. So. Great, great stuff. Um, we'll kind of wrap this Thanks. up. Kind of, no problem, no problem. Thank you for all of your all of your hard work. I can't wait to share it with my listeners. Um, uh, we'll kind of go out, kind of on a different uh, different idea here. Um, when you're on the road, when you're on tour, there's always those days that oh, that gig was absolutely fantastic. And then yeah. there is some others where it's like, yeah, oh, that what that sucked for one reason or another. If there was, do you recall that that one that one gig where it's like, oh, if I ever have to go through this again, I'm gonna pull my hair out. Yeah. So uh, we had a we had a lot of great gigs during the long time. You know, we played at the Wacken Open Air. It was fucking great. The German Bang Your Head. We played a gig in Chicago at the Ragnarok Metal Apocalypse together with Virgin Steel and uh, Broker's Hell. And yeah, was we had a lot of great gigs, and uh, yeah, we had also a lot of shit gigs <laughs> for sure. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, um, but yeah, um, uh, wait a minute. So in the foreground stands for us the party, you know. So if you have a great gig, the party will come. Mm-hmm. For sure after <laughs> that, you know. If you had a bad gig, there will be also a party after that. So it's uh, yeah. You have to try always the best, you know. And also if a, a, a gig is shit, you have to make yeah, then you have to make a good party. <laughs> it's like that.
things can change in the span of 10 years. When it comes to professional wrestling podcasting, one thing is still guaranteed. The Shining Wizards is the only place to get all the latest wrestling news, interviews with the greatest guests, and of course, tons of laughs in discussing the world of wrestling. The show is still available on Monday nights at 7 p.m. East on RantDMRadio.com and Rant Entertainment Media on the TuneIn app. And it's still available on all podcasting platforms. Check us out. Head over to ShiningWizards.com, where it's still wrestling talk and talk about wrestling. There are only three good things you need in life. Sex, beer, and pure rock radio.
Well, that was White Wizard, the title track from their latest record, Infernal Overdrive. I couldn't help it, couldn't help it. Because every time, you know, we kind of want to, um, when we when we want to, some other songs, we want to couple it with tonight's creature feature. It's like, okay, well, what are we going to do? What are we going to do here? here? Hmm. Well, how about White Wizard? We haven't had them on in a while, and we know what a kick-ass band they are. And before that, we just, well, last year, this record came across my desk, and I uh, was touting them pretty hard the return of oz oz their forced commandments comeback record that was prison of time and of course they are label mates from massacre records of tonight's creature feature wizard their album metal in my head available now go out and check it out when you're when you're in the uh, the record store, hopefully this week, hopefully, uh, you know, <laughs> you're making your way out, fighting the good fight, doing your rock and roll duty to keep the music alive. Well, dude. Alive and well. Before... Before we get into anything, okay, I gotta, I gotta ask. Yeah. How much do you remember of your life in 1980? Where were you? How old were you? Where were you living? What was going on in your life at the time? So I would have just turned nine, right, when 1980 right. happened. Because I was born at the tail end of 71. Mm-hmm. So I was just turning nine. Um, but so let's, let's frame this up, right? Because, um, one of the things that I really remember about 1980, I remember towards the end because Jimmy Carter was running against Reagan and (laughs) lost, right? My school, Mm -hmm. my school had an election. I can't remember. I honestly cannot remember who, um, man, I cannot remember who actually won the school election. But I remember everybody running around in campaign buttons and all that sort of stuff. And, you know, because I remember Mondale is the running mate. Um, Right. Yeah. You know. And then I remember him running for president later. But so it, it was. And the big thing about it, I can't remember if we talked about this last episode or if we talked about it all. But have you heard of the curse of Tippy Canoe? No. All right. So there is a curse on the presidents. It was known as the curse of Tippy Canoe, right? And supposedly by the Native Americans, right? Put put the curse on on, um, these presidents. And basically, it was any president elected in a zero would die in office. And I don't have all the details up in front of me, but... um, At whatever point it started, when the curse of Tippy Canoe started, like literally... Every president elected in a zero died in office, like either through natural causes or assassination, right? Oh, okay. Um, and so in 1980, 
when um, Carter and Reagan were running, the newspapers were running these articles about the curse of Tippy Canoe because people still believe that stuff. Like newspapers were still a thing. Like you could still actually have entertaining journalism instead of everybody having to be so serious and everyone's going to die all the time. Although mm-hmm. I guess someone was going to die this time too, but it was still more entertaining. But, you know, they're like, why would you want to run in a zero? Why would you want to be elected? And, you know, nobody thought anything of it. But then what happened in early 1981, Reagan gets shot, the assassination attempt. Mm-hmm. So he was the first president to not die in office. He, he was the first one to basically like buck that curse. But um, yeah, okay. I, I, the reason it's been on my mind so much is because um, 2020 was the election for Joe Biden. He was elected in a zero. Mm, that's yeah, right. You know, so I, I, it's one of those things where not, not a single person has talked about it, but I keep thinking, I'm like, is this curse going to hold? You know, what's, what's going to happen? Well, you know? okay. Well, if you, everyone hasn't had their Deadpool fill, filled out yet, this for for the upcoming year i don't know maybe you you should you should put president biden on it well you know i I certainly i don't i don't wish anything bad on anybody oh of course not of course but it's it's just one of those things where i'm like this is kind of interesting right Mm -hmm. um so other things that were going on right so carter was the president at the beginning of 1980 um this is kind of important at least to me, because this really shaped my sense of humor. Um, Do you remember, or did you ever read the Far Side comic strips? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So that, dude, that's my humor. If you ever want to understand me, just read the weirdest ones of those and know that I am laughing my head off. And that's me in a nutshell, right? So um, the Far Side debuts in newspapers January 1st, 1980. Mm-hmm. Um, January 20th, 1980, the Pittsburgh Steelers are the first NFL franchise to win four <laughs> Super Bowls. Mm-hmm. Right? So so that was some, some big stuff there. And let's see here. Oh, yeah. Carter announces the United States will boycott the 1980 Summer Olympics in Moscow. Right? Because the Cold War was heating up. Cold War was going on, yeah. Yeah. We had that. There's, there's something I found earlier that I, I really want to talk to you about. It was canal. It was called the Canadian Caper. Have you heard about this? The Canadian Caper. No. Hang on, let me find it again. <laughs> I, like I read it, I'm laughing, and I'm like, oh damn it, I need to find it again. But uh, essentially, the Canadian Caper um, was where the Canadian government helped. Um, U.S. diplomats that were trapped in another country escape. That was the Canadian caper. Okay. Yeah. And I was just like, way to go, Canada. But then um, you guys also sent us a serial killer that same year, so I wasn't happy about that. No. Not not my favorite Canadian import. (laughs) (laughs) No. No, probably not. Let's see here. Is this just 1980 in general? Yeah, this is 1980 in general. Hang on. Where is the Canadian caper? Oh, here we go. You're (laughs) going to love this one. Abscam FBI target members of Congress in the United States. And Abscam was an FBI sting um, because there was convictions. Uh, basically, it was a two-year two investigation targeting trafficking in stolen property and corruption of prominent businessmen in Congress. 
And this is 1980. And yet everybody says that the elections aren't fixed. <laughs> like it's been going on. If you, if, if you think it's stopped, like just come on, man, just know that's not what's going on. Um, you know, obviously we talked about Bon Scott passed away. The Winter Olympics, the 1980 Winter Olympics, opened in Lake Placid, New York. That was a big deal. That was a really big deal, actually. Uh, let's see. Damn it. Where's this Canadian caper? Uh, dude, I, because there's another hostage situation. Like, I feel like the 70s and 80s was nothing but hostage situations. Yeah, yeah. There was... Uh, see, I didn't think we were going to be getting into any of the news of the year. Oh, I have to. So, um, yeah. Because it frames re- up remember. what's going on. Like, like what's happening socially is what shapes what happens musically, you know? Oh, definitely, definitely. I'm trying to remember the hostage... What, what do they call it? Was it the hostage crisis? Well, so there is... Uh, it was, it was the Iranian hostage cri- crisis? That's... That was it. That was it. Because I remember when they came home. Like that was a mm-hmm. big deal. Yes, that. I remember that. Mm-hmm. Damn it! I can't find. I can't. I, it, this is killing me. I cannot find the Canadian caper. Like, <laughs> okay, because, well. dude, I was. I have been dying to talk to you about the Canadian caper. <laughs> that sounds like. It sounds like something that you're gonna want to throw at me. There it is. Oh, January twenty oh. seventh. Okay, I got it. All right. Six United States diplomats. Posing as Canadians, managed to escape from Tehran, Iran, as they board a flight to Zurich, Switzerland, on Swiss Air. So, the United States had to pose as Canadians. Like, how, <laughs> how do you pose as a Canadian? Like, you say A a lot. Like, uh, how, how do Americans travel abroad? You, you, you dress in, like, you dress in flannel, carry maple syrup. Hey, good morning, eh? Just going to Switzerland, eh? That's exactly what you do because that's what Americans do. What's what's the 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 unwritten rule that Americans do when traveling like to, through Europe or whatever? Don't, don't say know. you're from the US. Say you're from Canada. I'm gonna tell everybody I'm from Japan. Born and raised. <laughs> okay, well, uh sure, sure. Might might not be able to convince too many people, but hey. Listen, if with all the other shit that we just have to accept nowadays, I would be like, um, I may look Caucasian, but I identify as Japanese. There you go. There you go. <laughs> you know? <laughs> I'm going to start identifying. Yeah. That as... Let's just say, like, I identify as Japanese. Uh-huh. I'm turning Japanese. I really think so. <laughs> But yeah, so the do the Canadian caper, and so you know, kudos to the Canadian government, right? Mm-hmm. Our our partners to the north, uh, but uh, but just like the fact that it's called the Canadian caper, I'm like, I can't wait to tell somebody about this. Like that's, this shit's that's just a, funny. That's a comedy. That's the name of a comedy or yeah. something. The Canadian. Ca- oh, I know, right? There should have been a, a Bob and Doug McKenzie movie. Oh, definitely. Caper, right. <laughs> yeah. So that was some fun stuff. So I mean, like there was. There are some really significant things going on. Mm-hmm. You know, like, you know, it's funny. Like, Carter only had his four years. He was an underdog when he won. And, but if you look at all the presidents and, like, who's done the most good post presidency, it's Carter. 
You know, like that yeah. guy, he's he's always, you know, mm-hmm. doing some sort of charity work, even while fighting cancer, you know, just doesn't sure. let it stop him. You know, he's just just a hell of a work ethic. OK, here's the other thing I want to call out, because this is another big thing involving Pennsylvania. Um, have you ever heard of the Pennsylvania lottery scandal? Mm, no. Nick Perry, um, one of the famous like Pennsylvania lottery people. Drew the six 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 balls. Wow! And you know they they did a scandal, and obviously everybody lost their mind because you had all the crazy people that played six six six, and mm-hmm. it, it was a thing. So like they they weighted the numbers and all that sort of stuff. So so that that was a big scandal. I'm like, oh man, I forgot about that one. <laughs> um, that was a big deal. I was looking for one more thing here. Oh, just just the fact that it's six six six. Right. On. I see, and again, metal, right? These these are all important things. Rookie sensation Magic Johnson scores forty two points to lead the L.A. Lakers to a one hundred and twenty three to one hundred and seven victory over the Philadelphia 76ers. May sixteenth, nineteen eighty. Oh shit! That's that for the title? Um, I don't know. I, I maybe. <laughs> oh, yeah. okay. Oh, it, it set a record for a rookie. Okay, I get it. Yeah, I like. All I know is like. Magic Johnson was a rookie. Like Magic Johnson has always been this larger than life star in my mind. To think that he was ever a rookie blows my mind. Um, <laughs> Mount St. Helens erupted. Yeah. Oh, shit. I remember that. Right. And then The Empire Strikes Back is, re- is released in the United States May 21st. And I remember that. And I saw it in the theater just last year because of the pandemic and, and all of that. There was no new movies coming out. So the theaters filling up. You know, trying to get seats filled, you know, with butts to see some old classics. And sure, sure enough, oh, shit. One of my all-time favorite movies, my favorite Star Wars film for sure, is in the theater. Yeah. Oh, shit. Yeah. When they re-released them back in the 90s, my mom and I went to all three. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I took I took Snowy's Brood as yeah. well. So that could, that basically made me seeing A New Hope. In the seventies, I saw it as a special, a special screening for the kids in my local movie theater. In the eighties, and then in the nineties, so I saw a New Hope in the theater, like in all three decades. That's pretty awesome. Yeah, that's <laughs> yeah, I, that's pretty damn cool. Quite honestly, can't argue with that. All right, music wise, in nineteen eighty, um, that was quite a year. It was. It was for the most part, for not not very good reasons. You mentioned already the death of Bon Scott. Well, yes, but we also had the birth of Agnostic Front. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. You know, like I was surprised how many bands started in 1980, like Queensrÿche, Overkill. Um, what's another one that jumped out at me here as I was doing our the, the research today? Oh, Man of War. Mm-hmm. Like Man of War, like I didn't I didn't I I didn't know of Man of War until the Kings of Metal record, right? Oh, okay. Well, Man of War, oh geez. Into Glory Ride. Hail all hail to England. Oh, dude. Like, like, those those are the records. Oh man. yeah. Oh, believe me, I've gone all through the back catalog. You know? Um, but like, like I didn't realize like they got their start in 1980. 
Um, Ozzy Osbourne goes solo in 1980. Metal <laughs> Church kicks off in 1980. Like that, that, that was a hell of a year for metal. You know, it was it was suicidal tendencies. You know, we're we're just starting. Uh, tank, tank, the the very influential tank from the new wave of British heavy metal, and you know, like all your favorite bands today, or at least the veterans, big tank fans, fucking grave grave digger, Blitzkrieg, <laughs> bitch, oh Betsy, bitch, yeah. And uh, you know we wouldn't we wouldn't actually see anything from Bitch until a couple years later with the very first Metal Massacre collection. But yeah, yeah, it was definitely a very good year for bands first starting to cut their teeth. You know, get getting on out there. Apart from, not only did we lose Bon Scott, okay. John Bonham as well, the drummer of Led Zeppelin. You know, it's funny. I never put that together that that happened the same year. Like I was mm-hmm. well aware of Bon Scott, but I I don't know. I've never been able to place when Bonham died. And then I, now I'm trying to figure out when Keith Moon died, because I think he only died somewhere in the 80s too. Uh, and I had thought that 81? they both died in yeah. the 70s. I think that was the thing. Is like, oh, no. I didn't realize they died in, in the 80s, you know. I just the difference is ACDC said, okay, you know what? Let's check out this uh, Brian Johnson guy. He's playing in that, singing in that band, Gordy. Really good band. We should see if he wants to come and sing in ACDC. And sure enough, you know, history was made. But Zeppelin just just basically said, okay, you know what? We're going to hang it up. From there, a couple years later, Zeppelin would release the Coda record, but those were old recordings, yeah, and all that. Like those, that wasn't any new new releases, and all that. And um, you being a Kiss fan, yes, yeah, that was the year that Peter Chris had left Kiss, replaced by Eric Carr. Yeah, and there was a ter- terrible Kiss album release that year, Unmasked. Uh, was it Unmasked? Yeah. When was music from the elder? That was the next one. Then, so it could have happened in the same year. Well, yeah, because at that point, okay, people were buying records, yeah, and over fist, and, and, and bands Kiss would typically do two two releases in a year, but the elder could have also been eighty one. Oh, okay, um, but Eric Carr joins the band, right? And Eric Carr is probably one of my all time favorite Kiss drummers, and I know, ladies and gentlemen, that that's blasphemy. But Bruce Kulick is also my favorite Kiss guitarist, not Ace Frehley, right? Well, lead guitarist, you know. Um, Because I, I, like, Eric and Bruce, that's my Kiss. Like, that's the band that I really grew up with, that I first got into, that I saw live. Like, and those guys just did a killer job, you know. But yeah, that 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 was a big year, you know. And I mean, Kiss getting Eric really gave them the ability to stay modern, we'll say, you know, and, and mm-hmm. to, to not fall into a classic rock band. Uh, yeah, they, they, they kept, they kept the train a going. Shall shall we say all night long? Uh, yeah. 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 And as well, um, sounds magazine 
their editor, David Lewis, when uh, helping write an article written by Jeff Barton, he coined the phrase, the very first person to say the words, new wave of British heavy metal. Rock on. Yeah, yeah. So that that expression was coined. And now, you know, it's new album or however it's pronounced and all that. And I just, I, I can't see it. I can't get it right because I, I just, ah, that's not me. I have, I have to say it. I have to, you know. Well, I never heard new Wobbum until like I was in my late thirties, early forties. And I'm like, what the okay. hell are you talking about? Oh, the new wave of British heavy metal. I'm like, well, why do why we always just have that? to shorten it? But dude, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> everybody right. has to shorten everything. Like, like mm-hmm. there's things at work where somebody will say something. I'm like, what the hell are you talking about? Oh, what's this? I'm like, why don't you just say that? You know, and and then the worst part is when they're like, oh, I can't believe you don't know what this is. We've had it for years. I'm like, what is it? And they tell me, I'm like, yeah, I know what it is. I've called it that. I don't call it whatever the hell you just said. You know, like like don't don't get snippy with me because you like to make fucking words up, man. Fair enough. Oh, I hear you. I hear you. I hear you. So 1980. Sorry. Oh no, no. Go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, 1980 had some monumental records as well. We uh, got into, uh, we dedicated pretty much a whole episode to Back in Black. Yeah, because it it really is just an amazing record start to finish. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, Ozzy, like like we said, dropped. The Blizzard of Oz. Blizzard of Oz, for sure, for sure. On the other side of all of that drama, though, Black Sabbath had gone out, had um, recruited uh, Dio at that point, Ronnie James Dio yeah. from uh, from Rainbow, and released their debut record with him, Heaven and Hell, so, as well. They would go on do mobs, mob rules, and then Ian Gillen would replace him for. Uh, Born again. Yeah. All right. So well, let's go back to Ozzy here for a second. So Blizzard of Oz, crazy train. Mm-hmm. Possibly the most recognizable metal song we could say of, of the eighties, at least. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like every guitarist everywhere has learned that opening riff. And I can't tell you how happy I am. To be sitting here 40 years after the uh, the release of that record and thinking about the guys at the music store that told me that, um, you know, in 10 years, no one's going to know who Ozzy is. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, that yeah. that that and a quarter. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Just it just makes my day. So I'm like, ha! Huh, screw you guys. <laughs> They're like that music doesn't have any staying power. No one's gonna know who Ozzy is. Right. 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 They probably said that about Iron Maiden. Oh, their first, the first record, Iron Maiden record. Their yeah. Self-titled Iron Maiden dropped as well, starting probably one of the most the friendliest rivalry between. Um, fans of bands for, for for ever since i knew what metal was it was maiden versus priest maiden versus priest who did oh, you yeah. like? who did they, but, uh, they both are awesome 
So I never, but I get it. It's fun to talk about, especially when the internet rolled along. Are you a maiden guy? Or are you a priest guy? Well, you know? you know, it's funny though. I almost wonder if that started because of the fact that one, they're both British bands, but also Steve Harris is a big football guy, right? And when I say football, mm-hmm. I mean European football, which is soccer to the Americans. Right. And, you know, like having your favorite football team is like being in a gang, you know, like you have soccer hooligans over there, well, mm-hmm. football hooligans, you know, but I yeah. mean, you know, like I, 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 like looking, being able to look at it now, 40 years later, I'm like, I wonder if that's just what they're doing. They're like starting like the whole, you know, football rivalry kind of thing. I don't know. Have you ever known, uh, anyone from priest to, to play a little bit of footy? Well, I know their lead singer is playing with balls. Does that count? <laughs> fair enough, fair enough. Fair I couldn't resist. I, I'm sorry. I, I always, like I, Rob Halford, please forgive me. But okay. I, I couldn't resist. He's, he's heard every joke, and I'm sure he takes them all with a smile. I always think, yeah. like, Maiden, if, if they're going to have a football rivalry with anyone, it's going to be Sepultura. I remember oh, yeah. running this by Max himself. You know, and Max thinking like, yeah, I would love to have played, you know, Maiden. In a, that in would a have game. been, you know what? A celebrity soccer game would be a fantastic thing here. Oh, it would be. So, so Maiden, right? Like, um, Steve Harris, like, like I knew, I knew he was a big soccer guy. Well, football, whatever we want to call it. But guys, I'm American. I've always, I call it soccer all my life. But he has like a complete football pitch in his backyard. <laughs> like like and they and they all go over to his house and play along with a recording studio. Hey. Like why not? I do I I support this. Like I I support this kind of extreme behavior cuz like if you're into something like I'm all for it, you know. Mm-hmm. So you've got British Steel. We've got um Iron Maiden's debut album. You've got Ozzy Osbourne releasing Blizzard of Oz, and we've got Motorhead releasing Ace of Spades. The only God I need is the Ace of Spades. Those four records alone have (laughs) defined metal and have honestly almost been timeless, Mm -hmm. right? Especially the Ace of Spades, because that 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 doesn't that I listen to it and never sounds like 1980. You know, like like Iron Maiden, you can listen to it. And at first, like it's going to have that dated sound. So you kind of ease into it a little bit, you right. know, but, but it motorhead does not sound like 1980 or 79 when they recorded it. But I mean, it, it just, it holds up. It's just as great today as it was 40 years ago. Mm-hmm. You know? Oh yeah. Well, M- motorhead and priest, like they never, yeah, they were a British band in that time. Even as a teenager, I never thought of Priest or Motorhead as part of the new wave of British heavy metal because they were already flogging it out for years. Maiden, that first record, yeah, okay, had the new wave of British heavy metal sound. So is is Maiden then an, a, a new wave of British heavy metal band? Um, like, do do we consider them that? I mean, you uh, know. we do. It is. Okay. It is. It is. Yeah, but. Yeah, yeah, I never I because when you when you when you group the bands together, 
you know, Maiden Maiden does Maiden does come up. And so does Def Leppard for those first two records, which 1980 saw the debut record of On Through the Night. Wow. Okay. And yeah, yeah. There's there's another yeah. seminal record. Wow. As well, like another another 80s def- defining band. But there there is a very different Def Leppard from On Through the Night than what you got with Hysteria. Hysteria. And, and, oh. Yeah. So yeah. Um, again, like with Maiden, those first two records, and I'm pretty forgiving with Pyromania as well. Pyromania is a really good record. It's, it's, oh, an, it's fantastic. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a better record than I think I ever gave it credit for, you know, and I think possibly because like I'm, I knew a couple songs, but then Hysteria came out and I just, uh, I, that's just a whole another discussion. Like, Oh yeah, <laughs> we, we we need to have a like eighty six to ninety discussion sometime. I, I I feel like that's just a whole different world. But so, it is. How about Lightning to the Nations? Also mm-hmm. coming out. Yeah, uh, that record is is making an impact now. You know, with the re release, or the, not the re release, but the but the re recording of it. We had Brian Tatler on himself on this show as well, talking about it. So. You know, definitely can't can't go wrong with that. That is the influence of that record, and that is fully fully new wave of British heavy metal for oh, sure. Yeah. His the the influence on that is still heard today, and of course, you know you you don't even have to say the M word from now on. From now on, like Diamond Head and Metallica will always be intertwined. You know. For you know, like in not even gonna say one one way or another. Um, yeah. The Scorpions, the Scorpions, Animal Magnetism. I don't remember that record. Uh, yeah, that was the time though. Like the the Scorpions, their album covers. Okay, they were making a young kid going into the record shops. Oh, they had great covers. It, it was definitely, it was definitely uh, kind of an experience. Okay, what was the re- the record before? Ah, uh, the album before well, that. Do you remember "Lights Out"? That album cover with like the spoons or forks in the guy's eyes. Oh, blackout. Was that it? Blackout, blackout, yeah. lights yeah. out, dude. <laughs> oh, not my best work. <laughs> yeah, that that was a couple years later, and that that was the record that um that really put the Scorpions on the map. Love Drive. That that was it. Sorry, oh, that was I, I, I yeah. look it up. Yeah, the record of the couple in the back, and he's pulling his hand away from her breast, and they're they're stuck. His hand is still stuck. I, forgot about that one. <laughs> I, I remember seeing that. You know, yeah. <laughs> you know, as a kid, you know, in the, in in the store, it's like, what is going on here? Okay, oh, so the geez. zoo was on animal magnetism, and I should have known. Yeah, that. Yeah. So, dude, have you have you seen the scorpions live? I have not. I have not. At least not in the building. No. I saw them in 1988 on the Monsters of Rock tour. Right, the Van Halen headlined in the States. And I have never seen a more flawless live performance in my life. 
Oh, no doubts. Like, you know, like like we all like to jer- joke about like German precision, German engineering. Just holy shit, dude. It, it was it was flawless. And it's like, wow. Like, it was just so good. So good. Oh, yeah. Yeah, they had... They had a reputation, just the worldwide live album, you know, like they they were such a live live draw that 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 big double album was was such a success just off of the strength of their live show. Yeah, killer band. I, I totally get it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we need to mention another um, album that was recorded or, or I guess released in 1980 because it kind of ties into um, a, another um, band there but Samson mm-hmm. um, released an album in 1980 the head on album and that featured um, the future frontman of Iron Maiden <laughs> Bruce Dickinson yes Mr. Bruce Bruce was the vocalist of Samson and they they were definitely full-on new wave of British heavy metal and 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 honestly that's when I had first heard of Samson was you know when reading about Iron Maiden with the number of the beast record and all that and new vocalist X Samson no and it's like who the hell is Samson yeah I didn't know who they were what what the fuck Bruce Bruce that's is that for real that's awfully dumb <laughs> you know you know but um the kid kind of did 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 good for himself over the years kinda oh yeah man uh, yeah as well um the gr- girls schools demolition oh yeah you know like there's there's a band you know that is also synonymous with the whole new wave of british heavy metal you want to hear you want to hear some uh some some tunes Hell from yes. night 1980 the witch find band their debut record they were actually released two albums in 1980 but the first one right out of the gate was give them hell and witch find smack dab right in the middle of the new wave of british heavy metal so let's Give the title track. This is Witch Find with Give Em Hell.
So American Meddlers Warlord would, uh, their debut record, Deliver Us, would, I think, hit... No, they were part of the the first uh, Metal Massacre compilation. As I as I as I recall, they were that would be a couple of years after 1980, but they're they've started forming. They were one of those bands, the, those the myriad of awesome bands that we started this conversation with. They formed in 1980. They they turned out their first demo, just entitled "Demo 1982." And even back then, like their most famous song to this day as well is Child of the Damned. You know, I'm sure 800 million bands have covered that over the years. Anytime Warlord plays live, I'm sure that's the that's the big encore. And it goes way back to that recording you just heard their 1982 demo. Like uh, th- That's one of those lifetime songs. Okay, you know you, you know what I mean by a lifetime song. I'm pretty sure that I've said it on this show over the years. It's just like one of those songs, no matter how old you get, no matter where you are in life, no matter what you're doing, you'll always have those special songs, right? That you'll always that will always be a part of you. And I think Warlord's Child of the Dam, for as long as there's breath in this boy's body. That song will be in some way, shape, or form emanating from my stereo. 1980 as well. Going across the other side of the coin into the punk scene. Not not kind of like... It wasn't as strong for punk, okay, as it was for metal, but it definitely had its highlights its ups and downs first of all immediately thinking the uh the singer of the germs darby crash committed suicide at age 22 yeah in 1980 yeah yeah and it was just coincidentally it was the same year um that the first installment of the decline of the western civilization because uh, that 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 Penelope that that um, LA filmmaker Penelope Spears made like oh, yeah. for for metalheads we would probably know part two the Metal Years more than the first one and especially the third one that's something I think dude for a watch along we have to do Declare the Western Civilization part two I think that's that's a great <laughs> idea. <laughs> uh, 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 uh. Yeah, yeah, oh, oh, yeah. It wasn't it wasn't a very good year actually? Because the more I'm seeing everything here, it's like this guy died, this guy died, this guy died, this guy OD'd. Ah, I'm not getting into all of that. Well, let, let's talk about something that's um rather important. So, Killing Joke, the Killing Joke album is released, mm-hmm. and that. It gives us the song that Metallica would cover on the Garage Days re-revisited after Cliff Burton passed away, The Weight. Okay. So, you know, that I, I, I call that a, a pretty big win for 1980. For sure. For sure. Oh, yeah. No, they had their, their, they definitely had their share of albums here. I kind of got them up in like the Ramones end of the century. 
Classic dude. Yes, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. The Dead Kennedys, fresh fruit for rotting vegetables. Another classic. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Black Flag, drop the jealous again. Yeah, he, jealous he, again. That was a good one. Yeah, yeah. DOA's something better change, which oh, I can't believe, and I don't have the information, but I can't believe we didn't um, mention this on the show. But there's a Kickstarter to make a DOA um, documentary called Something Better Change. Rock on. I didn't know about that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, I just heard about that myself a little while ago, and I was meaning to say, hey, it was something we should mention on the show, but we just just never really got to it. But, yeah, the Dead Candies, Fresh Fruit, very, very influential. Misfits, the Beware EP. Yeah, yeah. And I guess by then, like, Punk was already off and running, like for okay. If if Punk started with Sabbath, okay, for me and you know some people might make make, make an argument for some bands, but for me personally, Punk started in '77 with the Sex Pistols. You know, I'm I'm sure I'm sure some people might argue, you know, M MC Five, Iggy Pop, you know. So you would say seventy seven with the Sex Pistols and not seventy six with the Ramones. Um, for me personally, because that's when I discovered I discovered punk through the Sex Pistols. While like I I was okay, basically before I went metal and punk full time yeah. in about eight eight eighty four, I was reading like Rock Express magazine, okay. Cream circus and hit parader before they all went metal so i saw punk punk bands i really wasn't listening to them very very much but i was definitely exposed to them and from my recollection it was when i did go metal full time i discovered the sex pistols that was the first punk band i basically discovered okay so in in 84 you discovered the sex pistols um that's when i got the first okay First, yeah, well, that's when I first bought Nevermind the Bullocks. I was going to say, was it Bullocks? That's what I want to ask. Um, that's the only record, really. Well, and the, and the funny thing is, so I was aware of the Sex Pistols, but I honestly, I cannot recall if I listened to them before or after the Ramones. Okay. Um, like, I remember being aware of Anar- Anarchy in the UK. I remember, you know, being painfully aware of Nevermind the Bullocks. Um, and man, I feel like there's another album. What's the, what's the Sex Pistols record with Friggin' and the Riggin? Okay. Um, well, they only had the one official record, but I, was that, um, the, uh, Great Rock and Roll Swindle. Yes. Thank you. Okay. Fuck. Right. Thank you. There we go. Yeah, yeah, but that's not really a official album, I don't think. Well, no, but um, that song is a freaking killer song. Oh right? yeah, like... and I mean, and Anthrax covers it later on. Mm-hmm. But so, forget, forget the Riggins is classic. So I was aware of aware of that, but I didn't give a shit about punk rock because I because I you know I was all metal all the time and he, you know heavier, harder, faster. Let's do it. And then it was, it would have probably been 89 
one of the guys that I started skating with uh, let me borrow Ramon's Mania. Ah. And that changed everything. I was just like, totally. And, and, and so here's what's even funnier. I had um, the SST Program Annihilator cassette in the early 80s. Like, so I was definitely aware of punk and hardcore. Like, I, I had Black Flag stuff. I had, you know, early Worm and all this sort of stuff on that program Annihilator. But it nothing struck me until I heard um, the Ramones. And then once I heard the Ramones, that it's, it's like they opened a door. Mm-hmm. And, you know, where all of a sudden I got everything else, you know. I was totally watching Rock and Roll High School tonight. That's it. <laughs> it's it's so funny you say that. I was watching that the other day. <laughs> okay. Well, there, there's something for your metal fix. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> yeah. Like, when I say yeah. the other day, it's like a couple weeks ago now. But yeah. Oh. <laughs> okay. Yeah. 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 We did have some um, important bands formed, though. It might have taken a couple years or whatever to get their debut records, but um, the Adolescence and Bad Religion formed in 1980 as well yeah 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 i mean it would take a while before bad like bad religion would eventually go on like they're like the fucking beatles in punk rock now and well well deserved they take flack but every bad religion record i ever had i always enjoyed um japanese hardcore bashers jism (laughs) or may i guess it's gizm g-i-s-m i could never yeah, close Probably enough. Pronounce it. Yeah, yeah. Relapse. Just no. This year, I saw it. I saw it, the re-release of their debut record on the on the racks when I was in the record store yeah. this week, and I was actually contemplating, you know, until I saw the neck rod, and that just okay. Well, everything else has gone out the window. Hopefully, it's there because I'm really thinking about running back and grabbing it. The um. The Immortal Seven Seconds formed in 1980, as well as Reagan Youth, Youth Brigade. Lots of youth, lots of youths back then, eh? <laughs> <laughs> I love that Reagan Youth started in 1980. 80, yeah. Just just when the old bastard got into power. Yeah. And just, and okay, because the, he was... Like, there, there is just some presidents that just like 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 created a movement reagan was one w was another fucking trump is another as well i don't know what it is about some some uh some some presidents that just you know get the ire of the youth up um and one of those bands as well a very very influential band of mine one of my all-time favorites still listen to all of their recording and that's a minor threat oh yeah they say with the birth with with the birth of minor threat now it would be another year or two before they had any recorded output but they they're they've always been you know credited with creating straight edge yeah and all that and shh don't tell anyone but if i had all the money back that I spent on liquor and beer that I drank to minor threat. Okay. I, I could probably retire. <laughs> sh- sh- don't tell anyone. Well, so <laughs> I'm, I'm glad you're at minor threat because in 1980, 
would we have gotten the um, the Teen Idols record and an SOA record? Hmm. Why? What's when did they? Well, because like Teen Idols and State of Alert, right? That they'd have all been happening like late '79, early '80, because '80, '81 is when Black Flag comes through um, the DC area. And mm-hmm. just happens to be like, hey, we need a singer. And Henry just happened to jump up on stage and auditions with the band. And, you know, the rest is history. But but that was that, that would have been around that time. And I feel like in 1980, we would have probably been getting music from State of Alert and Teen Idols. Well, the, Teen Idols did have an EP out that year. They did or they didn't? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Minor Disturbance. Yeah. There we go. So, yeah. For sure, for sure. You want to hear some uh, tunes, some punk rock tunes from 1980? Okay, are you familiar with one of my all-time favorite bands? Okay, a really cool Canadian punk band called the Forgotten Rebels. I've I've gushed about them on the show. We have to, at some point, we will have Mickey DeSadist on this show because he himself is an absolute character 1980 saw the release of their album in love with the system and and one of my favorite tracks from that was no beatles reunion
Speaking about influential bands, you are never going to get any argument from a metalhead or a punk about the influence of Discharge. 1980 saw the release of two EPs, The Decontrol and The Fight Back EP, to which that was the title track dude both of those eps man like we sold in the war music shop we were selling those eps like hand over fist as well like and the discharge albums and all that like we couldn't keep we couldn't keep you know discharge records on the shelf um so overall uh 1980 <laughs> you know what wasn't that and it just hit me wasn't that the year that MTV debuted or was that 79 I, I see I thought uh, MTV was 81 but again I didn't get MTV to somewhere in 88 so I don't know oh okay 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 oh it just it just kind of hit me it's like wait wait a minute wait a minute no 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 you're right you're right um Something that we're going to debut for us is this awesome band in our Indie Spotlight. We're always on the lookout for fresh new talent. Check out this Indie Spotlight. Hey, you remember a little while back as we're pushing all of this great music that True Cobalt Coffee is helping to promote? You will recall us uh, talking about how awesome the band Hexorcist was when they announced that was one of the bands. I gave them a spin. This is actually some really cool stuff so i took that band i put it away in my tiny little brain put it on hold for future reference and now is the time their release bestarium vocabulum god i hope i pronounced that right i was given that a spin some really really cool stuff like you could tell okay like coffee beetle cult man the guy 
only deals with the best, and you're going to hear some of that best right now. So, in tonight's Indie Spotlight, this is Hexorcist with Ritual Hex. We should have mentioned this last week now that I think of it, but as we speak, today is Bandcamp Friday. This one Friday on oh, Bandcamp. Yeah, yeah, this one Friday on Bandcamp where those two doorknobs at Radioactive Metal totally forgot to hype it up and all that. Today would have been a good time to grab the Hexorcist release. Hexorcist Hex or cyst.bandcamp.com. And dude, you're you're right. That is a wicked moniker. I'm actually surprised. It's a great name. 
that it, how did it not get picked up in the 80s right <laughs> it, it really should have been because that that screams 80s because you had hex the band hex yeah. you know we we had them on last year there's the classic exorcist band that put out the nightmare theater record that that whole everything behind that album is a total discussion just just that alone it's such it's such an interesting story we definitely have to get to it but with those with those two with hex exorcist and all that why uh, what's going on 80s i i want answers to this how come there wasn't a hexorcist yeah, because wasn't there a sexorcist um not that i know I, of wasn't that an old that was a rob zombies first was it i don't know yeah something well there was sex, a less sexorcist something yeah, like that. But yeah i feel like there was a sexorcist of some sort mm. right because, because i mean think about it like the 80s was all about you know excess essentially of right? course Cause, cause yeah that, that's the 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 real um the the golden age of the shopping malls and yeah. more 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 credit cards all that sort of stuff and so Reaganomics, yeah yeah and then so so like you had like sex was exploited everywhere everywhere everything yeah. and maybe that's why like we never got the hexorcist because somebody's like oh people are gonna think i mean sexorcist you know actually there was there was a sexorcist but it wasn't in the 80s um was it later yeah, it was a grindcore band just a couple of years ago that some of our friends, Chris Chris, Chris Casares, and oh, it was going to hate me for this, but we've had a good friend of the show. He was a part of that band. He was also part of Parasitic Extirpation as well. Yeah, no, on the East Coast, in the Boston area, Sexorcist were a thing we played their version of uh pat benatar's uh heartbreaker huh. as well yeah maybe that's why i'm <laughs> yeah, thinking yeah, of it yeah, well yeah. so you're right so we really should have had the hexorcist a long time ago <laughs> as well yeah yeah we totally got away there we should be hyping hexorcist which you should do right now hexorcist.bandcamp.com great stuff well, my friend, you had a uh, good jog down memory lane tonight. Sure did, man. It was a party. Yeah, yeah. It's really hard. It's hard to believe. Like, it's been forty years. Yeah. Since nineteen eighty, and I was. Yeah. I remember where I was. I was a military brat. Okay, and we were living on a Facebook face face. Almost a Facebook. Facebook. Living yeah, on Facebook we, we just were like living. Today. We we were living on a force base. Uh, a military force base here in this province, about 200 miles from here. But yeah, just like you, I was 1980. I was nine. Yeah. But you were soon but, to be 10. Soon, soon to be 10. Yeah, yeah. Um. But I was still a huge music fan. Like I had the like when you live in a small community, right? You get to know everyone, and every other kid in my school. Like knew, you know, which guy had the kick-ass record collection, you know. And one of the things we would do. Are you familiar with the expression intramural? Oh yeah, like, like in, when, intramural sports. Yeah. Inter, in, intramural sports. Yeah. One of the things that we did 
okay, four intramurals in 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 the school at the time is we would have sock hops. You know, just small dances in the gym. Yeah, I know. The word sock hop on radioactive metal. Yeah. I, I really can't believe that you just said sock hop. I, yeah. Because well, like my parents had to explain to me what a sock, sock hop was okay. in the eighties. Well, I can't believe yeah. you had a sock hop. I uh, yeah. Not only that, who do you think supplied the music? Uh, I'm gonna guess you or your brother. Uh, it was yeah. If if I if if I grabbed a mitful of my records, grabbed a mitful of his records, and we were the ones that supplied the music for our intramural sock hops. Yes, that was a thing in Snowy's life. Got my heart my the very first time I got my heart broken. It was in one of the sock hops. Yeah, 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 yeah. How can people get a hold of us? Well, I was trying to think of something witty, like um, it was somebody would have said in the 80s, like, well, Snowy, they just send a self-addressed stamped envelope to P.O. Box yeah. um, 666 in um, Pueblo, Colorado, you know, like, because everything went through Pueblo back in the 80s. Um, oh, sorry, pardon me. Sorry, man, I am tired. So, facebook.com slash radmetal. At radmetal666 for Twitter and Instagram. Mostly Instagram. Because that's where we hang out more. You can drop us a line, radmetal666 at gmail.com. Hear us first. Every Thursday night, purerockradio.net. Check us out on iTunes. Check us out on Stitcher. Listen to us on Spotify, thanks to the fine folks at the Shining Wizards Network. Because of our affiliation with Shining Wizards, we are not only part of a fantastic family that will talk more about wrestling than what Snowy and I did today, um, but they got us on Spotify. They have fantastic, just fantastic content and great people, so go check that out today. Uh, ShiningWizardsNetwork.com. Um and then that's where you'll also hear a wrestling night in Canada. You'll recognize Ducky, mm-hmm. who was a guest on this show. And then there's this other guy from Canada who's on it. Um, <laughs> I know him quite well. <laughs> yeah, well, it's because you're the mayor of, of Winnipeg. You know, everybody is, is part of your part of your deal. Um, oh, shit, what am I forgetting? Pure Rock Radio. No, I said Thursday that one. nights. Oh, I, said, yeah, that was like one of the first things I said. Oh, well, sorry. Not first I was, thing, but I said it before. I want to drink myself. Yeah. Okay. <sighs> we really should. Like, we, we, you know what? We need to do this one face to face. We need to have somebody sober <laughs> to like stop the recorder. <laughs> mm-hmm. But, but I think that'd be a fun episode where we try to like drink each other under the table, or oh, you and geez. I play like a drinking music game, like some some oh. sort of like. Oh, well, like, we have to do that. Yes. Yeah. Like. Yes. <laughs> You know, like um, oh, oh my goodness, like like what what was what, what were like the oh shit, like Jeopardy, right? Where you have to like answer the questions, but instead of points, like if you get it wrong, you have to drink. You know, so like I'll take eighties metal for five hundred, but five hundred means that if you get it wrong, you're t- drinking like five shots or something. That's what we need to do. We can do that. I'm sure we'll have lots of people. That will want to come on and play drinking trivia with us. My God, we'll be so hammered. But um, <laughs> I think that's all the ways to contact us, except for the last and final, since we are talking about 1980, and I did make the joke about a P.O. box. 
This is mm-hmm. not a joke. The snowman here would love to actually write you a real letter, just like we did back in the 80s. The pen bangers section of Metal Forces magazine um, mm-hmm. in shit. What was it? What did I read? Metal Edge. Does that sound right? Hip Metal Raider. Maniacs as well. I, I never read that one. I had oh, Metal Edge. I, I, I didn't have access to those. Like, I, I, dude, like, you talk about being in a small community. Like, I was in a rural community, like backwoods, uh-huh. man. Um, but at the same time, I could walk through the woods in like total darkness and get home because, you know, that's just a skill I acquired. Right. I, like we were like my son and I were on a camping trip for Cub Scouts and we had to like, you know, go find the latrine. And they're like, you guys want a flashlight? I'm like, nah, we'll be fine. Like, no, I'm good. I got no, it. no, you're, you're, how are you going to see in the dark? I'm like, I've been doing this like all my life, man. That's right. That's right. Yeah. I'm like, this isn't even dark yet, you know? And then there was the joke about the winter camp outs. We're like, yeah, we're going to do our winter camp out in Daytona beach. I'm like, <laughs> okay. what? I'm like, we're not going to camp out in the snow. And they just look at me. I'm like, okay, this, this is a different troop. Right. But um, yeah, anyway, but I digress. So Back in the old days when we used to write letters and use stamps, and I say get them, if you're in the States, start writing them now before the Postal Service collapses. Although I believe Mm -hmm. that Biden's a big fan of subsidizing the Postal Service, so maybe they'll go on to be inefficient for years to come yet. Um, But I digress. If you drop us a line at any of those other things we talked about on the internet, whether it's an email or one of our DMs, We'll get you Snowy's address. The two of you can write back and forth. Send send each other demo tapes, like write band logos on a piece of notebook paper, <laughs> like you were sitting in study hall. Uh-huh. Like like let's let let's let's kick it old school here. Oh yeah. Every one of my notebooks had a slayer and DRI, Dead Kennedy's logo, all of those. Every one of my books. I used to piss my parents off. What are you doing at school? All you're doing is writing this shit all over your books. Rock and roll, Dad. Rock and roll. Speaking of rock and roll, let's get on out of here with a really cool track. Um, The new Wombath, Tales of Madness. Let's go out with the fleshly existence of man. In the meantime and in between time, that's it. This has been a magical, because we had Wizard on. Get it? There we are. It's been a magical episode of Radioactive Metal. I'm Snowy White. And this is Aaron. Are you going to survive? Barely. Are you okay? Over there. Maybe. (laughs) Signing off.